Hi, welcome to the Acts Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! The title for today's message is called A Good Kind of Different. How many know that there's different types of different? You know, that, that's, that's a loaded thing. There's different types of different. You know, some of us, we, uh, you know, catch up with friends and we go, Oh, how so-and-so? I haven't seen him for so long. And then you hear someone say, Oh, well, he's a bit different nowadays. And that's not the good kind of different, you know. Uh, some of us, you know, we, uh, uh, you know, we, we have uh, friends. Uh, and, uh, you know, in church, we love everyone. We accept everyone. But sometimes, you know, I get this, you know, people come up to me, Pastor, I'm going to invite my friend next week. I don't know, my friend's going to come to church. I go, oh, that's great. But just to warn you, he's a bit different. And I'm like, okay, like, what are you talking about, you know. But today, we're here to focus on the good kind of different. Uh, because there can also be a good kind of different, you know. Um, I, I'm declaring over all of us, no matter how this year has been, I declare that next year and the new season that God is entering you into is going to be different, but a good kind of different. Amen. I don't know how you know, your, your, your career has been, whether you love your boss or you hate your boss, it's okay. There'll be an auto call at the end of today's service. We'll pray for you. But I declare that it's going to be different. A good kind of different. And I don't know how your studies have been, but I declare that next year, your grades will be different. The good kind of different. I don't know how your bank account is like how many zeros, but I declare it's going to be different. The good kind of different. Amen? You know, some of us here are married in church. I declare that no matter how sweet or amazing marriage has been, I declare that in the new year, it will be different. But a good kind of different. Amen? And that's God. God always wants to move us. You know, we like to stay stagnant, but God is about movements. And He wants to move us from strength to strength and glory to glory. And I declare that God's going to do something different. You know, if you're believing for a breakthrough, if you're believing for, you know, God to move in a powerful way, I want you to receive this word. It's going to be different, a good kind of different. And I'm saying this not just over your lives, I'm saying this over my life. And I'm not just saying this over my life, but I'm saying this over the life of our entire church. You know, I'm so excited about what God is going to do. Is it okay uh, if, I, if I share, you know, is it okay if I use a little bit of today's message to, to maybe do a little bit of like Vision Sunday, a little bit of Vision Cast on, on some of the things that God has placed in our hearts that we want to see God move and do in the new year? You know, I know whether you're ready or not. And I pray, as I declare this, I pray that you will have a different reaction. A good kind of different. Amen? And, and so, 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 one of the things, you know, I, don't, I know there's a lot of things I can talk about next year, uh, but I, I won't. But I'll definitely talk about this one thing because it involves all of us. Um, we are hoping to launch a second service in the afternoon. And... And why I'm choosing today to announce it because this service is going to be different, but a good kind of different. 
You see, uh, no, just in case you don't know, give you a little bit of like behind the scenes, how, how pastors and churches operate. Most of the time, when people launch a second service, you know, Jesus says that I'm the good shepherd that leaves the 99 to go for the one. Most of the time when we launch a service, you know, I say about church in general, is usually to cater for the 99. Or now that there are more young people, let's launch a youth service against the 99. Or now that there's more children coming, now there's more families coming, let's launch a children's ministry and it's again to cater for the 99. You know, maybe, you know, sometimes it's like, oh wow, you know, this place is, is maximum capacity and, and, and maybe it's time to, to launch a second service to contain the numbers again. It's for the 99, but we want to do something different the good kind of different. And God has placed it in our hearts to launch a service for the one. And I'm not sure whether it's been done before, but in my heart, I feel like, man, this is different. But a good kind of different. So, so you know, don't expect us to, to have like a big, you know, multimedia, you know, video presentation campaign, you know, new service coming soon. No, because it's going to be a second service, but not as you know it. It's going to be different, but a good kind of different. We're thinking of starting something in the afternoon. Why? Because we want to reach that one more. The one more who needs to know Jesus. The one more that's working on a Sunday morning that, that, that doesn't have a place to go to so that they can have a place to go to in the afternoon. The one more friend who is so close to, to, to surrendering his life to Jesus but wants to know a little bit more, wants to ask a little bit more questions. And so we're thinking about the second service where, where there's going to be a rolling theme. And so if God leads us to maybe for a season, we'll just use the second service to just launch Alpha and just have week after week of people coming and discovering who is Jesus. You know, what is the church? And maybe, you know, after a while, we, God will give us different creative ways and maybe God will raise up, you know, some people that are very fiscally responsible in church or allow our pastors or leaders to come to know people that are very financially sound and prudent. And then maybe we can invite them and, uh, you know, use the second service as a way to talk about financial management. And so people have an extra reason to come to church. And so a person who doesn't know Jesus but needs help balancing his checks will now come and go like, maybe I'll, I'll go to the second service. I'll find out a little bit more about what, what can I learn from this person. And then hopefully in that person's sharing, because that person is a believer, they also share about how Jesus and God is the ultimate source of all of our provision. Amen? And then maybe after a while, who knows? Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll do something fun, uh, like a public speaking workshop. You know, maybe workshops not so cool. We'll just call it a public speaking masterclass. Oh, wow. Because nowadays, we just throw that, throw that word around, you know, masterclass this, masterclass that. You know, and even though I'm no master at public speaking, but I've definitely learned some tricks uh, enough to do like a four-week public speaking masterclass. You know, and so people who are looking to unleash the preacher within can come. People who are just looking to, to, to be better at public speaking and, and making public presentations, because we all need that. 
in school, in work, in life, in parenting, you know, and that, that maybe they'll come and they'll benefit from that. And hopefully in, 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 in learning, and, and because they're learning from a pastor, I can't help but share about Jesus, amen? In fact, you know, one of the weeks, I already know, you know, uh, uh, one of the, uh, the three things I'll be teaching. Can, can I give you a sneak peek? Just, just to whet your appetite so that, you know, when we launch it, we go like, hey, you know, we'll be, the, the, the public speaking masterclass will be happening this coming Sunday. You, you guys will be like, oh, wow, this is good stuff, okay? Can I, can I teach you that, there, that there's, there's something called the three tripods of good communication. You need a story. You need a symbol. Okay? And you need a message. All right? And, 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 and Jesus is a master at this. Remember when he told the story or the parable of the Good Samaritan? We still remember until today. But he was so good at communicating. And Jesus is like really the, the public speaker, masterclass giver. That even the word Good Samaritan has today become a worldwide symbol for a listening ear and a helpful hand. That's why suicide prevention care lines, regardless of religious background, regardless of nation, when you go to any nation, you say that, oh, that's the Good Samaritan building, you know that, oh, that's an organization dedicated to doing good, helping other people in need, helping people who are hurting. Have they met, have they read the manifesto? They, they have not, but the symbol of the word Good Samaritan has become so powerful. And of course, in the story and the symbol of the Good Samaritan is a message about loving your neighbor. Oh, look at that. Oh. Okay, so if you want more, sign up for the class, okay? Because I'm not, I'm not dishing up for free. Anyway, so, a good kind of different. Amen. So, so I hope that you're excited. Uh, and, and not just that, you know, I really declare uh, that this is not just, you know, we're going to run a service that's a bit different, but I declare God's good difference over all of our lives. And to learn them, how to harness this, to learn how to unleash the good kind of different in our lives, we got to turn to the Bible. And in the Bible, there is one person that God credits as being different, but the good kind of different. Do you know it's a big deal when God gives you a certain title? You know, Abraham was credited as the father of faith. Wow. And from him, we learn all these things about faith. You know, the Roman centurion was, was credited as saying that, wow, no, no, in nowhere in Israel, Judea, and Samaria have I found anyone with such great faith as you. The Roman centurion who told Jesus, you know what, I am a man under authority. You don't need to come to my household because I'm unworthy of you. But if you say it is done, it is done. Because if I ask my servant to go, my servant will go. If I ask someone to come, they will come. So if you say it, it will be done. And then Jesus go like, wow. Wow, I love your faith. Not only that, your, your faith has a surprise element. I'm surprised, pleasantly surprised. And of course, God also tells off other people, especially Peter, oh, you of little faith. And even then, we learn how much God can do with a person who has little faith. Amen? And so God gave Caleb a very unique title. He's a person who is different, but specifically of a different spirit. Let's turn to Numbers chapter 14, verse 24. We're going to start here and then we're going to jump around in Numbers and Joshua for a little bit. So Caleb, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. 
The word here, spirit, is the same Hebrew word for the Holy Spirit, the Ruach of God, which means that what was different about Caleb wasn't his education, wasn't his fashion, wasn't his hairstyle, wasn't his upbringing. What was different about him was something inside. And so God wants to deposit within us something different on the inside. There are at least three things we got to do differently on the inside so that in the coming new season, God can do something different in our lives, but the good kind of different. Now to give you a little bit of a backstory of who Caleb is, let's turn to some more scripture. Is that okay? You know, if this is church. Let's learn, turn love to turn to scripture. And so let's turn to Numbers chapter 13. And to get a bit more of a context, we're going to read from verse 25 to 33. All right? So we're going to jump back one chapter to Numbers 13. And we're going to start from 25 to 33. Amen. Thank you, Wingman, for flashing it on XTV. Let's give our XTV people a big hand. Amen. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us and it truly flows with milk and honey and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Anak are a type of a race of giants. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. So this is, this is where Caleb showcased his different spirit. But, everybody say but. But the man who had gone up with him, so contacts, they sent out 12 spies. Two, one named Caleb, we just read, make that bold statement. The, the other name, Joshua, Two came back uh, with a good response. Uh, but the other ten, right? Because it says about the men who had gone up. So these are the other ten said, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. And so, a little bit more backstory. God had delivered His people out of Egypt. 300 years of bondage and slavery. God did signs and wonders, miracles, sent plagues to humble Egypt and, and let His people go free. God parted the Red Sea for His people to walk across and they were at the edge, at the border of the promised land. Some of us, we are so close to the breakthrough. And what decides whether we step into the promises of God or we delay the promises of God is whether we have something different within us, whether we will respond in a different way. And so long story short, 
those people, the ten, responded in a bad way. They all saw the same thing, but they had a bad response. They gave a bad report. And that's why God had to punish them. Because, you know, it, God's not about punishing people, but these people have seen a lot. They have seen God move. So it, it, it didn't require a lot of faith because they had seen God literally move oceans for them. And they had just needed to continue in their faith. But they refused and they allowed their fear to consume them. And that's why God says that you're going to have to stay out in the wilderness. I'm going to have to you know put a 40-year detour on this plan uh, because you've been so ungracious. You've been so, you know, uh, not appreciative of what I've done uh, that I have no choice but to ground you. But your children will enter in. But my servant Caleb, and this is where we jump forward to where we start off. But my servant Caleb, who has a different spirit, he and his descendants will be able to come in. So Caleb, even though he was of that generation, was allowed a pass into the promised land. And so point number one, if you want to be like Caleb, if you want to harness the power of a different spirit, the first thing you got to think differently, act differently, do differently from now onwards is to have a different focus. That's point number one, a different focus. Caleb had a different focus. They all saw the same thing. All 12 spies saw the same thing. But Caleb focused on the right thing. I believe this is a word for some of us here. We go through life and we see a lot of things. But I believe the Holy Spirit is asking us this morning, what are you focusing on? We all see stuff. But what are you focusing on? And Caleb focused on God. And Caleb not only focused on God, but Caleb focused uh, on the fact that, that this is something that is a done deal. If God can humble Egypt, this is a done deal. If God can split the Red Seas, this is the done deal. No God, you can do it. And, and many times we got to realize that what we focus on will either give us strength or zap our strength. Now, we'll give you a fast forward. We'll read this later on. But later you'll read in Joshua chapter 14, I think verse 11. You know, Caleb declared that, hey, I'm finally able to go in the, the promise that I, I'm going to take it. And I am as strong today as I was the day I saw the land. And, and in other words, the strength needed to conquer the giants, the strength needed for Caleb to finally get his promised land, he's always had it. He's had it since the day he spied the land. But, and, and, and so what we need to understand is this, when you focus on God, you would realize that you do have what it takes. A lot of us, we focus on the rejection, not realizing that if we focus on God, there is a resurrection power within us. A lot of us, we focus on the trauma. Do you know that sometimes when you go for, uh, you know, enough, if enough bad things happen to you, if you go through enough rejections, if you fail enough exams, if you've gone through enough broken relationships, it can be traumatic. And then before you enter into another interview, you, you're already thinking of the last time you failed. And before you enter into a new relationship, you're already thinking of the breakup. But when you focus on the trauma, 
you, you forget that if only you focus on God, there is a testimony within you. And so Caleb knew what to focus on and he focused on God. And, 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 and he, he knew that he had the strength because he focused on God. And so I want to declare to us, I know some of you are, are thinking to yourself, oh, that sounds very simple, but it's always the most elementary things in our lives that are the most important elements for God to move. And so you need to lock this down tight as you venture into the new year. I don't know what you're going through, whether it's exams, whether it's career, whatever dreams you have for the future, focus on the right thing. You know, maybe this year what has happened and why your life has been a, a cycle of repeat is because you've been focusing on the wrong thing. Some of us, we've never entered into the new year focusing on God. You know, and when we enter the new year, we focus on summer. You know, don't raise your hands if some of you here have already planned where you want to go next summer. Some of you are graduating next year. You're already thinking, oh, Summer, I know where I want to go. I know what I want. Some of you are already giving to your ministry leaders your away dates. Sam, I can't be around because I'm, 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 I've already focused. You no, know, Easter next year, I'm going to be away. Summer next year, I'm going to be away. You know, I'm going to be away for this. And, and, and we, before we enter in the new year, can we say, wait a second, pause. Can I focus on God first? The Bible says, see first His kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Many times we focus on all these things, but God wants us to focus on Him. And that, I believe this is a word for some of us here. you got to learn to have a different focus. You know, just by focusing on your money problem will not solve the money problem. But when you focus on God, He can do so much more than solve your money problems. Not only that, you know, when the people... When the other 10 spies, let's flash that uh, scripture up again. When the other 10 spies started focusing on the problem, do you realize how the problems became bigger? And even though they had strength, because Caleb said, hey, the strength I needed to conquer the giants, I've had them from day one. Which means that these other 10 spies, they had the same strength. But when they focused on the problem instead of God, they began to have the strength leave them. And not only that, when they begin to focus, uh, they started, the problem started becoming bigger. Earlier on, it was, yeah, the people are strong, but we can take them. And after a while, it went on, no, 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 they are stronger. Do you, do you see? Do you see the difference? When you focus on, on God, do you have strong opposition? Yes. The strong opposition coming in the new year. There is a, a big mountain between where I am and God's promised land, God's breakthrough for me. But when you focus on God, you say that, but I can climb that mountain. But when you focus on the problem, you will start saying things like, but the mountain is too big, we can't take it. And not only that, the very land devours us. So we're going to have a different focus. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, a different focus. Different focus. Point number two, we got to learn to speak a different language or to have a different vocabulary. You know, I'm not going to dwell too long on this because I didn't plan it, but uh, Pastor Cat spoke a message last Sunday uh, on confession. How many were blessed by that? Amen. How many remember the three points? You know, oh, you don't? Oh. I wasn't there on Sunday, but I can tell you. Point number one, you got to physically declare. Point number two, you got to declare God's promises. And point number three, you got to be consistent with your declarations. What? 
Lord, and I wasn't there for service. Do you know how? You know, brief advert, you know. Do you know that our messages are recorded and it's on Spotify? And so go on Spotify, give us a like and give us a follow. If you are an iOS user, give us a good review. It helps with us popping up. But yeah, we've got good stuff, friends. And so point number two, have a different declaration, have a different language, have a different vocabulary. I'm not going to dwell too much because Pastor Cat did a great job. But I can't help it. Can I, can I give you, you know, at least one, one of my favorite scriptures to, to declare? You know, because... You know, it's, it's one thing to declare, God, please move, please move. I really believe that Christians, we have yet to fully tap into the power of Scripture. Do you know that if you start memorizing Scripture, if you start declaring Scripture, don't declare Christian jargon. You know, some of us, we're so good at declaring Christian jargon. God, you're so good. You know, because you're a good, good father. That's who you are. That's who you are. And, and because, you know, I'm weak and that's who I am, I am still loved by you. No, that's a song. And that song has no power. I mean, don't get me wrong. God can use the song. But there's, no, there's more power in Scripture. And, and, and because I don't want to dwell too long on this point, I want to give you a super Scripture to declare. This is a Scripture, Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. Galatians 2, 20. This is a powerful Scripture that you can declare if you need healing. Hey, this is a scripture that you can declare if you need courage. This is a scripture you can declare if you need some freedom in your life. This is a powerful scripture. And don't worry, I've done all the research. You don't have to worry whether this scripture is something you can quote just in case I don't want to quote it because it's out of context. No, this is a, a contact, no, context proof. <laughs> scripture. Galatians 2.20 says this, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. Is there anyone who needs some courage? And then you've got some things coming in the new year and you're doubting whether you have what it takes to take it on. I don't think I'm smart enough to apply for that job. I don't think I, I, I'm smooth enough to, to, to score that interview. I don't think I have the networking abilities. I don't think I can fit in no, this is a scripture for you because it's not about you. Because the old you, the you that's afraid, the you that's weak, that you, if you have Christ, that you has been crucified. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I, scaredy cat I who live, inconsistent I who live, addicted I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, because we're still alive in the flesh, the job that I still need to go to on Monday, the relationship that I'm in right now, all the things that I, I'm, I'm having to juggle in the flesh, I live by faith in the resurrection power of the Son of God who, who is not far, who is not away, who is not weird, but who loves me and gave himself for me. And so whether you're in need of freedom from addiction, you're going to say that I can break free because I have been crucified and God now lives in me. And not only does he love me, he died for me. And if he can die for me, I can break free from this. And maybe you're in need of a financial breakthrough. The I, the all you, 
the old financial records, the old bank balance, that has been crucified. And now, the new you, now walk in faith. Amen? Because Christ lives in you. Man, you got to have a different vocabulary because in a while we're going to study that Caleb didn't just think positively, but he declared, God, you promise. Moses, you promise. He was clinging on to God's promises. So write this down. You know, I'm not a big advocate for tattoo, but if you're going to tattoo something, tattoo Galatians 2.20. Again, clarification, I'm not, a good, I'm not advocating tattoo, but it's a powerful scripture. And maybe you don't need to tattoo it in your body, but tattoo it in your heart. Amen? Does it make sense? Memorize it. Amen? Like, like, like how you memorize your, your pin number, memorize Galatians 2.20. It's going to change your life. But maybe, and this is what I want to bring to the table, maybe the different vocabulary you need to have this year is silence. Let's turn to Again, Numbers 13, verse 30. We read the whole scripture. They came back with the report. But what was the first thing that Caleb did? Caleb silenced the people. Caleb quieted the people. Do you know that maybe in the new year, what you need, don't get me wrong, some of us, we need to declare. And we need to declare God's promises. But in between declaring God's promises, maybe some of us need to declare silence over our own confessions. Maybe some of us, we got to learn silence because what's been landing us in trouble is our tongue and our lack of control over it. You know, God's given you the strength for that job, but it's your tongue that gets you in trouble. And before you confess Scripture, you got to learn to silence the fleshly tongue. You know, you got to choose. It's either the gospel that comes out of you or gossip that comes out of you. It can't be both. And so if you want God, you got to learn to go like, maybe the new word I got to learn is spelled S-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H-H. Pronounce shh. Or if you're friends, It's a joke. There's no difference. <laughs> and we need this. The Bible says that be still and know that He is God. Yeah. And sometimes in our new year, what we need to do is that when the storms come our way, what did Jesus command the storm to do? Be still. And maybe what we need to learn is Because if you're not careful, our tongue and gets in the way. Before we can even remember, what's Galatians 20, what again? Or 220? Is it 2020? No. Before we even do that, we got to go like, come on. Let me just not add problems to this situation. You know, let me, before I even, you know, I feel helpless right now, but, but I'm at least, I have enough strength at least to hold my tongue. Amen. Maybe for some of us, that's, that's the breakthrough you need. You know, maybe you, you've, you've just been someone who vents a lot and you think it's therapeutic for you. Oh, I just want to vent. But in your venting, you're actually magnifying the problem. 
And again, the, the thing is this, when you have the wrong focus, it zaps your strength. And so God's actually given you enough strength to weather that storm, but your confession zaps you of that strength. Amen? Point number three, you got to have a different appetite. What are you hungry for in the new year? No, seriously, what are you hungering for? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry to see God move. I know, that sounds cliche. That's what every pastor says. But it's true. I, 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 I don't know what's in store, but I am both filled with courage and cluelessness. And that's what faith does sometimes. We're clueless, but we're courageous. But one thing, I, I, I'm hungry. I'm hungry to see God move. I'm hungry to see a second service launch, a different service launch, a different but in a good way. And I'm, I'm hungry to see more people come. And, and, and you might be thinking, but pastor, if you do something different every service, how can it be a second service? Well, when we have enough ones being reached, and another one is reached, and another one is reached, and another one is reached, naturally the second service populates itself. And then we can launch forward to do a third service, but not as you know it. Amen. Continue to be different, but a good kind of different. I'm hungry. What are you hungry for? Are you hungry for just more success? Or are you hungry for more of God? Can I tell you this? I might not have walked, you know, long in life. I'm only 37 years old. I'm definitely not able to be like my dad who says that I've eaten more salt than you have rice. I can't say that. But one thing I know, only Jesus satisfies. If you're hungry for a holiday, and we live in such a, you know, Instagram society, everything's for the gram. You know, and every time, do you know that some, maybe, maybe the best thing for you in the new year, this may be a prophetic word, is to delete, delete that app. Because it's just been hurting you. And every time you look at that, it always feels like somebody else is living a better life than you. Somebody's marriage is better. Somebody's holiday is better. Somebody's job is better. Somebody's house is better. Somebody's homes is better. Somebody's church is better. You know what I'm saying? Somebody's preaching is better. It's okay, I'm secure. I, I, I know I'm good. <laughs> no, no, not that good, but anyway. <laughs> but if you run after holidays, it'll only leave you needing more holidays to recuperate from that holiday. If you run after money, it will never be enough. Show me a millionaire that says, I have enough. Never. Never. If you run after career, there will never be enough. Because here's the truth about the working world. When you're good at your job, you will be rewarded with more work. And it's both a burden and a blessing. Wow, look at me, I've got more work. But it's more work. <laughs> I'm being paid to do more work. Hey, but it's more work. So if you run after career, it would never satisfy. If you run after, you know, Holidays, you'll never satisfy. If you run after brunch, it will never satisfy. 
but when you run after God, it will always satisfy. And this was what was different about Caleb. Let's, let's turn to Joshua chapter 14, verse 6 to 14. <clears throat> Joshua 14, 6 to 14. So, so time has passed. So it started with Caleb and Joshua being spies, and now Joshua has a book named after him. So he's in charge now. So he's the boss now. And so time has passed. The old generation has passed. And they are there again, giving their second try, their second attempt at entering the promised land. And Caleb still had this to declare. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said. You see, he's still claiming the promises of God. Amen? Memorize some promises of God. Said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me at Kadesh Barnea, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with him made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, again, God's promise, surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive. As he said, these 45 years, wow, they were wandering, detour for 45 years. Maybe this is an encouragement. How many of you are waiting for a breakthrough? As long as you haven't waited till 45 he waited until he was 85. There's still hope in you. And don't give up yet. Amen. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old, and yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. On the day that I declare I can take down giants, I'm still that strong. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war both for going out and for coming in. Now therefore, give me this mountain. Wow, he didn't go like, give me this retirement center. Give me this nice real estate by the riverside. No, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out. As the Lord said, and Joshua blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Caleb had a hunger within him. You know, I don't know how you used to view Caleb, but now that we looked at this, man, I was 40 and I was strong. Now I'm 85 and I'm strong. I'm imagining like an 85-year-old ripped old man. You know, he's got like a white beard and maybe a man bun, but he's looking really savage. He puts some baby oil on him. He's got an axe on one hand, a knife on the other, loincloth, because I'm ready for war. How many of you would say that at 85, you are hungering for war? Because Caleb had a different appetite. He wasn't running after what other people are running after. And maybe this is a prophetic word for some of you. The next year, stop running after what other people are running after. 
Their success is not your success. Their destiny is not your destiny. God has a promised land for you. He was 85, but he says that, give me my inheritance. I'm ready for war. Other people at 85 are probably saying, I'm ready to die. But he said, I'm ready for war. I'm ready to retire. I'm ready for war. I'm ready to sleep. I'm ready for war. And not just that, give me the mountain. I don't want the easiest land. I want the mountain. Don't send me to Hawaii, Lord. Send me to the mountain. Don't send me to, to you know, Spain, Lord. Send me to the mountain. Don't, don't, don't send me to, you know, wherever the, the next fun place to go on Instagram is. Send me to the mountain. Send me to where my destiny is at. Send me to where the fight is the fiercest. Send me there. Man, in the new year, do you, do you see now why God rewarded Caleb so much? Do you know why God singled out Caleb so much? Because there was so much different about him. Different focus, different language, different appetite. In the new year, would you say, God, give me a different appetite. An appetite to please you. An appetite to fight for you. An appetite to stand for you. Not an appetite to be like my neighbour. Not an appetite to be like somebody else. But an appetite to be the best me that you want me to be. And the best Caleb that God wanted Caleb to be was a fierce 85-year-old warrior. How many of you would say yes to that? And say, God, I know it's dangerous, but, but that's where testimonies happen. Do you know that in every testimony lies a problem? So never pray for a problem-free 2020. You might as well say, God, in the new year, don't give me any testimonies. Because when there's no problem, there's no testimony. You see, testimonies are about overcoming the problem. And so, Caleb had a different appetite. He had an appetite for battle. Would we dare, if you, if you truly want a different... And if you pray this prayer, I guarantee you, your new year, a new season will be different. But a good type of different. Would you, would you pray to God? God, send me to the mountain. God, let 2020 be the year of war in my life. Ooh. Some of you are probably thinking, uh, time to change church. <laughs> and I'm going to go to the place that declares, you know, milk and honey flowing over, running over me. Uh, uh, declare war, but yeah. But when you have an appetite to war, I'm not talking about actual war, but warring, spiritual warfare. You know, warring with your flesh. Standing for God. Standing for His kingdom, His righteousness. You will see a different year play out. And one last scripture. Can I give you one last scripture? Why appetite? Matthew chapter 4, verse 3 to 4. Sorry, right? just, it just came in the last minute by the Holy Spirit. Don't mean to mean your, make your life miserable. This is Jesus being tempted. And Jesus overcame the temptation. Every now and then, it's good to see how, why was Jesus tempted in the way he, he, he is tempted? Because basically, if you ever want to kind of like have, a, have, have intel on what the enemy is up to, you know, Jesus has, has basically <laughs> given you all their plans. Because when, when they tried to go up against Jesus, they had to bring their A game. And they couldn't bring anything less than that. So they, they, they brought 
the, the best and worst temptations they could master. And what was the first temptation about? It was a temptation about appetite. Sometimes we think, oh, appetite, no, whatever. No, but that, that when, when, you, when you begin to set aside your appetite for the things of God, great things happen. In Matthew chapter 4, verse 3, now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And verse 4, it says, but he answered and says, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Man's appetite is not on bread alone. Man's appetite is not on worldly things. My appetite is not to run after these things. My appetite is of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How many of us would go like, God, in the new year, I only want to do what proceeds out of your mouth. When you do that, you're going to have a different outcome. You're going to have a Caleb spirit rise within you. Amen. You know, the truth is this. You know, we, I can't force you, but I can only lay all these things in front of you. And my desire is to really see you have the best year. And the best year of your life, I can guarantee you, it's not a year without challenges, but it's the year where you overcome those challenges. But we can't overcome challenges if we don't learn to do things differently. The reason why you are still stuck in the same problems is because you have been doing things the same old way, with the same old attitude. That God says that I want you to have something different. Would you start desiring a different focus? Would you learn to speak a different language, learn to have a different vocabulary and maybe the first difference is to say nothing at all and to let God take over and last but not least to say that God put within me an appetite to serve you. Do you know that for the second service to be successful, it can't just be Dave and Kat and so you're going to need to have a different appetite. Some people, and, and this sounds like a brag, but it's not a brag. Some people, they, they, they ask me this, you know, Pastor, I can't imagine how you do it. Both you and Pastor Cat, you go down to Bristol every Saturday. Every Saturday you're down there. Until today, sometimes the people in, in, in Bristol still don't realize that. <laughs> so, Pastor, <laughs> where do you stay? In London, huh? In London? We always thought you just left after church to home, I said, no, what kind of pastor is that? No. I know if, I, if, I'm, if I'm in Bristol, I want to have dinner with you, I want to have lunch with you, I want to invite you over to my place. The reason why I can't is because I actually, I'm actually in London. In London? So you come down every week? Yeah, I come down every week. What time do you get home to London? I say sometimes by the time we reach our place, it's 11.30, 12, depending on the traffic, the weather. And then what happens? Oh, then we have dinner. You have dinner? You mean you don't eat on the train? No, there's nothing to eat on the train. Are you not hungry? Well, we are. But we have a different appetite. We have a different appetite. You know? And I pray that we will have a different appetite because it is when you begin to consume and begin to have a different appetite, when you begin to consume the Word of God, you will have a different stamina. 
you know, a lot of health freaks in church, and you will back me up in this. What you eat is what you are. So when you begin to eat the right things, you become healthier. When you begin to eat the God things, you become godlier. And you begin to have a, a, a godlier stamina to weather through the storms. Jesus had the best stamina. And what did he eat? Don't say fish. It's written here. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And I pray that in the new year, we will live differently, act differently, think differently, but a good kind of different. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you this morning. We can learn from your servant, Caleb, who was such an outstanding man, a man after your own heart, that you credited him as having a different spirit, different focus. And because he knew how to focus differently, he was strong. He had a different vocabulary. Because he had a different vocabulary, he knew how to silence the flesh and silence the enemy. And he had a different appetite. Not an appetite for retirement. Wandering for 45 years around the same people, the other 10 spies and their families who put them in that predicament but he never had an appetite for unforgiveness. He never had an appetite of gossip. He never had an appetite of hate. He never had an appetite of anger. He had an appetite for God and the things of God. God, whatever we're going through, would you create within us a new appetite? God, having the right godly appetite must be so important that the devil attacked it first. So God, help us to get it right. Lord, when you overcame the tempter, your ministry flourished and the rest was history. Lord, help us to win the battle of our appetite and see your kingdom come, your will be done in our lives as it is in heaven. Do it, Lord. Lord, again, I pray that you would cause everyone here to not just be hearers but doers of your word. Help us not just to go, oh, that's interesting, but help us to live differently. Help us to walk out of this place differently. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.